You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Then I find you south to Curacao. Then I move north to Philadelphia to study. Then I move south to the Bahamas. I'll be in the mission field. Then I move further south to Jamaica. I suspect we have some Jamaican blood. Yeah. You know, I love Jamaica. And this, the, the, the temperature reminds me a little bit of Jamaica. Yeah. As they were saying, Jamaica, the heat is hot. <laughs> if you didn't know that, now you know. That's what they say in Jamaica. And then I moved down to Curacao, further south. Which is where the niece is from. And my brother, a friend of mine, she's from Aruba. Aruba is an island next to Curacao. Now, we're not going to get into which one is more beautiful. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that to be a matter of interpretation. And then I move to Jamaica again. Definitely not. As disciples, 
Do you have any setbacks? Yeah. If you're the type of the setback, raise your hand. All of us. Right? Even George, who just got back a few months ago, has already had setbacks. But you know what? He is here with us. And so the designated survivor is there that if all those people get killed in, for whatever reason, then he becomes the president of the United States. And that's why he's kept separate in a secret location. But guess what? We are all designated survivors. Why? Jesus died. He resurrected. He went to heaven. And we are called to fulfill his ministry. So it makes us the designated survivor. But we're not just here to survive, right? I can see that we're all alive. We are here to make a difference. So let us start in Acts chapter 13. Now, I know that in all our regions throughout the churches, we are studying the book of Acts, right? The book of Acts is known as the book of the, the Acts of the Apostles. But it's also known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because if there's anything that you see in the book of Acts, it is the Holy Spirit moving. You say, well, how do you see that? Because the people are moving all over the world, all over different cultures and languages, so that the Word of God can be spread to every nation. Now, in Acts chapter 13, it's very interesting because uh, they are preaching to people here and they are trying to persuade them that God has a purpose for their life also. Mm-hmm. Now, do you believe that your life has a purpose? Yes. Yeah, come on. Absolutely. Raise your hand if you believe that your life has a purpose. Oh, good. Everyone raised their hand, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay, so that's 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 good. That's ha- I'm happy to know that. We don't have to talk too much about that. <laughs> Even though we'll get confirmation from the scriptures in a little bit. But the real question is, do you know what your purpose is? Because, see, if you know you have a purpose, but you don't know what it is, it is as if you're living without a purpose. Yeah. Now, which ones of us want to live without a purpose? Raise your hand. No. Good. <laughs> Let's go to Acts chapter 13, verse 36. So they are preaching here, and look at what they are telling the people. How do you know when your purpose has been fulfilled? Well, the Bible gives us that answer. So Acts 13, 36. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, he was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. So how do we know that we have a purpose? Well, according to this scripture, the implication is what? You will die when you have served your purpose. Now, there are two ways you can look at this. You can say, well, I don't want to die, so I'm not going to fulfill my purpose. No, way down the road. Well, there's a great danger in refusing God's call. Right? The book of James, your life is but a mist. 
Yes. But the other approach, the correct approach, is I am going to embrace my purpose and my role. Amen. Now, in this world that we grew up in, you have all kinds of people constantly trying to break us down. Yeah. Have you ever met someone who's just, you felt like, man, this person is just so negative. Yeah. Just so like trying to break you down. Everything is impossible. Can't be done. You're doing okay, but you're still doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, we grow up hearing all kinds of things that are breaking us down, and sometimes we actually start believing it. Yeah. We actually believe that, man, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I am meant for this. Mm -hmm. And how do I know? Ta da! <laughs> because if you spot it, you got it, right? So I've been there, I know what it feels like. But we gotta, see, here's the thing, we gotta take God's word above the word of men. And sometimes it's, it's hard for us to be persuaded. Reminds me of this guy who was convinced that he was dead. <laughs> and his family tried to do everything they could to persuade him that he was not dead, but he was alive. But he insisted, I am dead. So finally they said, you know what, you know what, son, you, you need professional help. <laughs> so they took him to a professional, they took him to a psychologist. And the psychologist, through reason, was able to persuade him of taking a test that would determine if he was dead or alive. And the psychologist said, George, not that George, no. <laughs> George. Not that George. Do you believe that dead people can bleed? He said, no, that is definitely not true. So the psychologist said, okay, great. So if I put a needle through your arm, then you'll be able to see if you're dead or alive. He said, absolutely. <laughs> then we'll definitely know if I'm dead or alive. Psychologist said, great, give me a minute. She came, she came with this big needle, put it through a vein, and the arm started bleeding. And George saw it and said, by George, dead people do bleed. <laughs> but sometimes that can be us. Where God says, man, I believe in you, I have a purpose for you because you're alive, and you're like, we believe it here, yeah. but we don't quite believe it here. Yeah, I was very encouraged last Friday because it was really my first time coming to the East. Not first time coming to the East, but yeah. first time coming to the East <laughs> to meet some disciples from the East. Yeah, <laughs> to study the Bible with some people from the East. Yeah, and you know, the East has a WhatsApp group, right? You know yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, I'm <laughs> And the WhatsApp groups, now I don't have everyone's phone number yet. And so I cannot see all the names all the time. And someone's asked, I have a study and I need an older brother. Oh, you know, Raji, you can imagine, I said, Michael, I need you. You know, you know. <laughs> I need an older brother in there and I went there and what did I see? Haven. Haven was there and and he sat down to study with this guy and said, Oh, this must be the study. 
So I started there, and then Richard Frankel came. And Richard said, bro, can I speak to you in private? I said, man, I haven't even been to a church Sunday on the East, and already someone has an attitude with <laughs> But luckily, it wasn't that. He said, you know, there is someone else studying, and we need an older brother in that study. He said, oh, I'm in the wrong study. <laughs> okay, so I excused myself, and then we got together with Ajibola's friend, David. And we didn't study the Bible with him because there were a lot of people around that came to talk to us, but we built a great friendship. Yeah. But it was a cranking place. They had a pool table, they had food, they had drinks. Yeah. The disciples were coming in and out. I said, man, this reminds me of Jamaica. This reminds me of the Bahamas. It was awesome. It was great. And I said, man, I love the East. That same day afterwards, I went to Dan's Bible talk, and I thought I, I thought Big Dan was going to lead it, but Denzel was also there. And all of a sudden, Denzel said, "All right, let's." I said, "Oh, Denzel's going to." That's interesting. I wonder how he's how he's going to do. But he started, and he led an incredibly Powerful, thought-provoking Bible talk. If you know you have a purpose, yeah. your life will be powerful. Man. If your life is not powerful, one of the things you got to ask yourself is, do I believe that I am chosen and that I have a purpose. Yeah. And if you change that, everything else will change. Oh, See, when I hear the word Denzel, I very often think of Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington. <laughs> 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 yeah, but one is better looking, obviously. You know, now Denzel Washington, yes, everyone knows him, right? Yeah. yeah. But. He's famous. <laughs> he's a good actor. Yeah. And he's a pretty awesome guy. Yeah. And is he having an impact on the world? Yeah. Well, you yeah. could say yes. Yeah. But the question is, is his impact eternal? Yeah. No. His impact is about an hour and a half until you leave the movie theater. Yeah. And perhaps it lasts a little bit longer if you're going to get a coffee afterwards and talk about the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, but our Denzel here, Come on. Denzel, is impact is eternal. And our in the impact God is calling us to have is one that it lasts for eternity, right? Yeah. One that lasts for eternity. And it's amazing how many people work so hard to build their own legacy. Yeah. You know, when it came to the end of Obama's term, everyone's talking about his legacy. Yeah. Now they're talking about what's Trump's oh. legacy going to be. Oh, yeah. And people actually work really hard to be remembered. My grandmother, when I was growing up, when I was 
you know, from the age of eight till she passed away, she always told me, no lubida e viejo. <laughs> and only four people understand this, I'm going to translate it. <laughs> that means, don't forget the old one. She always said that. But that's how we are. When we pass away, we want to know that we, have, we are remembered. Yeah. Right? And the more famous we are, the more people remember us, the better. But here's the thing, guys. Believe it or not, when you are dead, it's not going to impact you if people remember you or not. Whatever Obama's legacy may be, whatever Trump's legacy may be, whatever Theresa May's legacy may be, when you are dead, it's not going to make any difference to you whatsoever. So the legacy we have to build is an eternal one. To help people in their relationship with God. So if you're alive, you have a purpose. That was point number one. Point number two. The purpose of a designated survivor. You know, just as God has a purpose for us, Satan has a purpose for us too. Yeah. And all throughout our lives, we have all these doors that, that are there that we can choose to go through, right? And some doors are good, some doors are not so good. Unfortunately, those doors are kind of like food. The food that's good, to, that tastes well to eat is usually the food that's not healthy for you. That's right. And the stuff that doesn't taste so well is usually healthy for you. Yeah. That's right. And so are the doors in this life. The doors that are easy to open are usually the ones that eh, not so good. The doors that are hard to open are usually the ones that you really have to go through. Now, when I was 15, I had a door for me that was there for me to open. Now, where I lived, across the street from me, lived this wealthy guy. And he had a nickname. The nickname was Cabez. And Cabez, in Papiamento, means head. Because he had a big head. And he lived, now, when I say across the street, you, no, don't think like North Circular Road. You know, just, uh, <laughs> it was like, Curacao is a small island, and we were in a small village on a small island. So it would be just like, you know, just a little road where a car would pass by every 15 or 20 minutes. You know, that was about it. But nonetheless, he lived across the street, and he was a wealthy man when it was New Year, because in Curacao, towards the end, when you get to the New Year, everyone buys fireworks, everyone shoots fireworks, and he bought fireworks not for the house, he bought fireworks for the whole street. Wow. And the oldest people in, that lived in that street were well-to-do people. But yet he bought a lot of fireworks. He had, one day my brother came home and he said, Michael, Cabez has a gym in his house. <laughs> and I was fired up. Because I was kind of tall and skinny and I wanted to be tall and big. Oh. Right? I think every male species here can kind of relate to that. <laughs> Especially when you were in school. <laughs> and so I went with my little brother to the gym. And it was a private gym, but it might as well have been a gym that you actually pay for with membership, that you have a membership for to go work out. It was a pretty well equipped gym. 
But I also started hearing that um, rumors that Cabez was a drug lord. And I'd heard that actually many times before, but not that I was bragging that I worked out in Cabez's gym, who was a very well-known person on the island. People started telling me that more and more. Now, it's, it's ironic because his cover-up profession was something else that was illegal. <laughs> but less illegal than being a drug lord. Less illegal. He was actually a, a gambling boss. He had offices all around the island where people could buy uh, lottery tickets, right? But that was illegal, but it was kind of tolerated by, by the authorities. And he actually admired people that had been in and out of jail many times. So now you kind of know, you know, what, what kind of person he was. So I started getting to know him better, started going to his parties and everything, and as people would get drunk, especially at New Year's, I would start hearing things, so I was like, yes, these guys definitely are in the drug trade. Mm -hmm. You know, one time, and I was, by this time I was going to his gym almost every day. He would just allow me to go into his yard, jump over the fence, go into the gym and work out, and um, at night, 8.30, every single night, 8.30, you would have a caravan, of about six, seven, or eight cars coming, stopping in front of his house. And my bedroom was in front of his house, so I would always peek. <laughs> and they would take out bags of paper money, this big. Wow. And a few small bags with coins. And they would take it into his house, and it would be counted there. Now he had these speedboats. The, the ones they call cigar, you know, the really fast ones, really large ones that were just super fast. And yeah. so I lived on a hill, as did he, and I had a telescope. And so one day, so hey guys, guys, hey, I was only 15, right? And I really want the telescope initially to look at the planets. All that I discovered, well, you can also look into people's houses. And then I took my telescope to Cabez and I showed them how you can look into people's houses. But we were overseeing a body of water, a, a harbor, and he, he, he turned deadly serious. And he looked at me and said, can you see my boats coming in at night? Mm. Because those boats were probably used to bring in all the drugs from South America, from Colombia, from Venezuela. Because we were off the coast, Curacao is very close to South America. Yeah. And I almost said, how can I see them at night? I don't have any lights on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, one day I was in the gym and some of the people that worked for him came down. And there was this one guy you know, I don't know if you've ever just seen someone, and even though you've never spoken to them, it's just their vibes yeah. just give you a creepy feeling. Yeah. But I've never met a guy that gave me a more creepy and fearful feeling than this guy. There was something about him that like he had no soul, he had no life. He was literally like a walking dead man. And I was in that gym and I really wanted to get out of there just because of this one guy. But of course I didn't do that because I didn't want to think I'm a coward. I mean, <laughs> so I stayed there. 
Well, this guy, I don't remember his name, but we will call him Dark Soul, <laughs> for lack of a better name. One time, I went to the drive-in in Kyrgyzstan. I didn't sit in the car, but I went outside and sat in a little sitting area where people could sit and didn't have a car to sit in. And as I was sitting there, this guy came to sit right next to me. <coughs> And we started talking, and after a while, uh, we both realized that he knew Kabeas, and I knew Kabeas. As a matter of fact, he told me, he used to work for Kabeas. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I didn't tell him, but I thought to myself. And he said that he used to work for him, but he tried to betray him. And as a result, what Kabiz did, he cut off all his drug supply channels. So now he was not able to get any more drugs to resell. And then he mentioned to me all the names of the people that worked for him. He said, and he mentioned Dark Soul's name. And he said, did you hear about that murder on that ship? That was Dark Soul. Did you hear about that guy that got killed there and there? That was Dark Soul. And he started mentioning to me the people that had been killed, recent murders, and how those were all committed by Dark Soul. But then he said, but you know what, Michael? You are young. You have a future. This is what you need to do. You need to gain Kabeza's trust. You need to make sure he totally trusts you. And you need to move your way up in the organization. And when you're more powerful than him, you cut him off and get rid of him. Oh. <laughs> it was, uh, guys, it was like a move. I was like, this is surreal. But here's the creepy part. So while he was telling me that, I didn't dare look at him. I just looked straight ahead. Five seconds after he was done talking, I looked to my left where he was sitting, and he wasn't there. I looked around me, he disappeared. He was trying to get revenge on his former boss through me. But see, the point is, guys, God has a plan. Satan has a plan. And I actually considered working with Kabis because Kabis had told me several times, you know, you go, you get your education, you study, you come back, and you come and work for me. And I said, what are we going to do? Gambling? He said, no, everything. <laughs> we are going to do everything. And I knew what he was talking about. But hey, I kind of enjoyed being with those guys. Sometimes I would go places with them in a caravan of eight or nine cars. You know, he would get these fireworks shows sometimes, and there would be thousands of people lined up in the air as me 50 or sitting in a car. We all these gangsters feeling really good. Coffee. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually died of a uh, of a, uh, a stroke. Because in spite of what he did and all the stuff he done, he was afraid to go to the doctor. Isn't that a crazy thing? Yeah. You kill people, you import drugs, you, you 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 ship them through to the states, to Europe, you do all this stuff, but you're afraid of a doctor. <laughs> well, that's what eventually killed him. The last time I saw him, I was 22. I went home on vacation. He saw me. 
he was driving from his car, he asked me again, what are you going to do when you're old? I said, maybe work for my dad. He said, oh, get your father, come work for me, come work for me. Mm -hmm. And I should have shared my faith, but I was too cheap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the next, next thing I hear, he died of a stroke. Mm -hmm. But see, guys, God has a purpose for us. Mm -hmm. As a designated survivor, we have a purpose. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. And we're going to start reading there, verse 1 and 2. At Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, in to the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. So what was their purpose? Well, it says they went into the synagogue as usual. It was their heaven. It was their custom. So us sharing our faith, how should it be? As usual, as far as the frequency is concerned, right? Amen. And how should it be? Effectively. Because you can share effectively, but inherently then you can also share ineffectively. Right? So, now the question is, what does it take to share effectively. What is the thing? Well, for one, you know, you can't preach the word effectively if you're not living it. When Jesus preached, the Bible says people were what, amazed. Yeah. Why? He taught as one with authority. Mm -hmm. See, when you're living the life, you can preach and teach with authority. But if you're not living the life, now what is it? Now it becomes theory. Yeah. Now the people are going to a teacher of theology. Yeah. Rather than a liver, and I, I know it's a wrong word, I don't mean this liver, but someone who lives the world. <laughs> now what is it that makes people effective when they share their faith? Any idea what it could be? What do you think it could be? Life example. Life example, absolutely. You need a life example. Yes, then. Relatability. Relatability, also important. What else? Chris in the back. Boldness. Boldness, absolutely. Passion. Yes! Now, she didn't see the sermon. I didn't give her a chance to cheat. <laughs> but everything that was said was true. But it was the one thing that is contagious, zeal, and People that do sales, they know they have to be passionate about their products. Yep, that's right. Because passion is contagious. Passion is contagious. So if you speak with passion, even if the person doesn't want to listen, you know what's going to happen? They're going to be remembering you when they go home. Yeah. You have planted a seed. Yeah. You know, and all of us, or most of us, were at Sean and MJ's wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a great wedding. Yeah. It was an awesome wedding. And, you know, especially for MJ, she had so much opposition from her family yeah. that she married Sean because Sean was not Nigerian. Yeah. Right? 
but he, 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 instead of being Nigerian, he had the unforgivable sin. What is it? He had Jamaican blood. <laughs> instead of Nigerian blood. Right, man, the kingdom were all equal. Right, there's no white, there's no black, there's no tall or short or poor or wealthy, or there may be, but it doesn't make a difference. But if anything that I remember from the wedding, it's not the decorations. It's not the bridesmaids, and I don't mean to offend if we had bridesmaids here. It was not the groomsmen. But it was the look on Sean and MJ's face. They were so happy and overjoyed. And if none of us were there, it would have been just as happy. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because yes. they had zeal for one another. Yeah. Now, I can only imagine when Michael asked MJ the question. Sean, the question. Oh, no, when he asked MJ the question. Yeah. Don't deceive me, guys. <laughs> and he says, do you... MJ, take this man to be your lawfully bewedded husband, to always love him and cherish him in sickness and in ill health, till death do you part. And MJ goes, well, I think so. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say yes. Show me a minute. Hold up a minute. What in the world is going on in here? I think we're going to cancel this for now. Excuse me, guys. You guys enjoy the food, but we have some talking to do right there. Right, so how do we share our faith? Right now, the words to say and the arguments to use, etc., etc., well, they will come, but what you can start with immediately is zeal and passion. Yes. I want to lift up our brother, Alan. Come on, Alan. That's right. Come on, come on. He is one of my heroes. Come on, Alan. You know, people are very funny in the way they judge us. Mm -hmm. I was talking to Margaret last week, and I told Margaret, I said, you know, when people see me in my suit, they usually think, right, I mean, this guy has money. <laughs> <laughs> a few years ago, when I went to get my glasses, I could see the salespeople coming to me and say, I'm going to get some good commission, because this guy is going to buy the most expensive frames. <laughs> And indeed, after they measured my eyes, they went with me to the most expensive section. Oh. <laughs> Just because of how I looked. <laughs> Outward appearance. Yeah. And I said, mm, can we get something to a little bit lower? Yeah. They took me to the medium-sized frames. Oh. <laughs> Price frames. I said, well, can we go? A little bit lower. <laughs> they took me to lower price frames and finally said, well, what is the least expensive that you have? <laughs> and they looked at me in awe. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
then they said, we can give you two for a special price. <laughs> and they were super disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, people judge by outward appearance. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I love Alan, I admire him, and I respect him. Yes, that's right. Come on, Alan. He uses nothing holds him back from sharing his faith. Hey, Amen. Come on, Alan. You know, he may not be the most fluent speaker, but he doesn't let it hold him back from sharing his faith. Why? Zeal and passion. Amen. So guys, that's what we need to imitate. Amen? Amen. Point number three, the last point, preparation for the call. We are all works in progress, right? Yeah. So Acts chapter 14, let's read there verse 21. Now, have you ever had a day where you have been discouraged? Yeah. Yes. You know, Dan shared vulnerably about how these have been the hardest weeks of his walk with God. And I appreciate your insights. I never thought about why did Jesus come to keep watch? Yeah. yeah, it was there because he wanted to know when the guys were coming to arrest him. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate that, that yeah. you shared that. Yeah. And also the insight with the contribution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, they took money from the temple yeah. to kill God. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, what, you know, everyone is different. My tendency is always when I'm feeling like things are not going well, I'm discouraged, I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. I just want to go into my cave. Mm -hmm. You're a man. I'm a man, I go into my back cave and I just stay in there okay. yeah. until I change or there's a major emergency and I have no choice but to come out. <laughs> like Batman, you know? <laughs> but others, especially women, yeah. when we're feeling something, we want to talk, 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 talk. We just want to talk it out. And we have the introduction, we have the 20 chapters, and then a conclusion, and at the end we want to have someone's review. That's women. We have to find a better summer in the middle. Let's see what Paul did when they said, please encourage us. Let's see what Paul did. Acts chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 21. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. So how do they encourage them? Here it comes. We must go through many hardships <laughs> to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Wow, <laughs> wow what a encouragement! <laughs> so here poor Dennis having a hard couple of weeks. And he calls his disciple, and his disciple says, Bro, it's gonna get a lot harder. Just stop complaining, this is just the appetizer. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Hard times make us better right. or bitter. Yeah. Hard times make us better or bitter. And we have to understand that challenging times are here to make us grow. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in the age of, I don't know the answer to something, Google knows. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? There's even one lady, an older lady, who who asked Google something. She got an answer. Uh, no, she her question was Google, dear Google. Can you please let me know, blah, 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 thank you very much, kind regards. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't really know about technology. Yeah. But you know, everything now is take a pill. Want to lose weight? Yeah. Take a pill. Yeah. You want to look better? F uh, surgery or plastic surgery. Yeah, liposuction. Liposuction. Not going to the gym, not, you know, just take care of yourself. Everything is. I just want the answer now, and I want it now. Give me patience, give it to me now, I don't want to wait for it. <laughs> right? That's how we are. Yeah. But God works differently. See, God wants all of us to grow. He wants us to become stronger. So how does God make that happen? Well, He gives us no choice but to be confronted with all of our insecurities. He gives us no choice but to be confronted with all of our weaknesses. He makes us confront exactly that from which we have been trying to run all of our lives. Yeah. Now some people are saying this is too hard, I'm going to fall away. But those that embrace it, that embrace the challenge, will grow and reach a stage where they're going to be so inspired by the changes in their life. Yeah. And not only the person, but those around them yeah. will be inspired by the changes in their life. You know, God gives suffering purpose. Yeah. You know, Margaret and I, we met a week and a half ago at, at Chelsea Football Club, and she shared her life with me. And, you know, she's an example of someone who, who had a very rough upbringing. But one day she said, time to change. Right. And with her experiences, she's not helping other people to overcome mm -hmm. the same thing. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, my heart broke yesterday when I read something on a Dutch news website. A lady in San Salvador, Central America, she was raped. She became pregnant. And San Salvador is an incredibly conservative country where abortion under all circumstances is illegal. Even if the mother's life is at stake, it is just illegal. And she got pregnant, but she lost the baby. And she was condemned to 30 years in jail. Because she never sought help with her pregnancy. Can you imagine that? You know, life can be so hard sometimes. You know, we need God to give things meaning. And it's not a matter of being weak. It's a matter of being realistic. And knowing what is true and what is not. On the other hand, I heard from Maria last night. She has a great friend from with which she goes back years in Miami. Now she became a disciple like 16. I know she looks 18, but you know, <laughs> that was a long time ago when she became a disciple. Right. right? And one of the sisters was at a red light where she stopped. A man entered her car, kidnapped her, and raped her. Oh no. She became pregnant 
And you can imagine a lot of people telling her, abort, yes. abort, abort. Yes. She said, no, I'm going to have this child. Yes. I'm going to raise this child. Yes. She had the child. Didn't look anything like her. Because the person that raped her was of a different race. She had the child, she raised the child. And he became a disciple. Yes. Now, yes. he's an engineer. Ooh, yes. But eventually, unfortunately, she fell away. And he fell away. But you know what? Maria reached out to her. Maria said, Sis, we just started a church in Miami. She went there. And today, she's going to be restored in the Miami International Christian Church. You know, last night, I reached out to someone that I know from Jamaica, who used to actually work for the church, got disillusioned, fell away. He's now in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I spoke to him a little bit last night. He was really happy to hear from me. We're going to speak today, and I know he will be going to church. Because he knows he needs God. And he's going to a church where he says, you know, I just have not been able to find what I know we had yeah. in the past. Because yes. unless you're in a church made of disciples, sold out, yeah. you're not going to have the love, the sacrifice, and the conviction exactly. that you yeah. see in God's yeah. church. So people, are you a designated survivor? Yes. Are you just surviving? No. 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 We need to be thriving. Yes. Yes. Now you can thrive even when you're weak. Yes. You can be zealous even in your weakness, right? Yes. So if you're alive and we're all alive here, we have a purpose, yes. right? We know our purpose here is to make disciples, to yes. preach the word. How do we do that more effectively? Well, 90% is passion and zeal. Yes. And then finally, we have to realize we are all in preparation for the call. Amen. We are all works in progress. Yes. So do not give up. Do not get discouraged but rather overcome and become more like Christ. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N church .org uk and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one mm -hmm.